gonna get. I'm a hippity hoppity type of player. Grab that one. <laughs> Got right oh, it. Oh no, a nice wall. I found a nut. I didn't volunteer for this. I didn't even get my. Thank you, coffee. I'm Destroy. Destroy. Hello, caffeines and calf friends, and welcome to the Caffeines Cast. It's episode 29, or if you're looking at it uh, from the terms of when it was rebooted, this is episode four. Um, so welcome. Welcome tonight, today, this morning, this evening. For those who don't keep time at all, uh, God bless you. Um, <laughs> but anyway, uh, my name is Perk. Uh, to join today by Moose. Hello, Moose. Hello. Hello. And we've got a special guest today. Um, the artist formerly known as Buford, hashtag the sacred beans, hashtag he might take a different name every day. Um, a good friend of ours, a caffeine of pretty long period of time what was it like the taking king days yeah that sounds about right i would say anyway uh brad's joining us today so hello brad hello it's good to be back it is good to be back uh indeed did you have an intro did you want to tell the listeners about yourself in some way i the two of you were talking about some sort of like special intro i think it's best to just let them go in blind and see what they're in for okay well that sounds about right um <laughs> But anyway, um, thank you guys for joining us today. And uh, today we're we're kind of continuing the conversation that we've been having over the past couple of weeks, um, forking it into a little bit of a different kind of term. We talked about season passes. We talked about um, the games industry, like working in esports and different things like that. Today, our topic is going to be us just simply talking about what the experience of purchasing a video game in the past like couple of years has been like and kind of looking at it from a history point of view um so i'll pose this to to, to both of you guys we've gone from a place when you know in the late 90s when kind of video gaming became like you know in a home retail sense became a really 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 flourishing a game was what you remember an arc you know a, a, an actual cartridge was about honestly about 60 to 70 dollars sometimes even upwards of 80 dollars um believe mm -hmm. it or not i actually have a tell you um an ad from a newspaper stuck in the case of my sega game gear to to put myself back that far in time um i guess it was just stuck there and i remember looking at it a couple of years back and going you know holy shit this is there this is like a piece of printed history and uh it was like aladdin for sega genesis was like $79 or something like that. And I remember thinking like, whoa, we complain about games, you know, nowadays, but the cartridge economy was very different back then. Um, so going from that all the way into the 2000s where games kind of had a sort of standardized price of $49. If you guys remember, that was kind of, that was kind of the benchmark. Sometimes you'd find a game that was, you know, and, and when I say $49, you know, I mean at launch, you know, obviously, you know, the the um, individual markets and stuff would price them differently and things go on sale. But like a AAA title would go on sale for 50 bucks. Um, and that's kind of changed recently. Um, and it's changed for a number of reasons. But I'll, I'll pose this question to you guys and, and feel free to just jump in and answer. How do you think about just a basic AAA game, not an online game? We'll start we'll start with a regular game what do you guys think about the price increase in the last couple of years and specifically 
um, for those who don't know, going into the next gen consoles, the price has gone up um, from 49 to 59 to now $69. Um, what do you guys think about that? Um, I mean, gaming is usually considered like an enthusiast hobby. Mm-hmm. So, like, I think like the majority of people who are buying AAA titles on like the new consoles and stuff like that would usually have the money to like put down the 10 extra bucks. Okay. But at the same time, like, being a PC gamer, you know, I know I can find things for cheaper. That is kind of the thing, right? As, like, a lot of us have been kind of switching over. I know for, for our community, for the most part, uh, a lot of us play on on PC, and it, it's we sort of look to the Steam sales and the summer sales for, you know, Humble Bundle and a variety of different, um, you know, marketplaces and stores to pick up games and it it's i don't know about you guys it, for me it's kind of almost a thing where i don't even buy games at launch unless i'm really 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 excited for them most games i i know that by the time that i get around to them they're going to be on sale um do sometimes you, i do sometimes you just pick them up at launch i knew you picked up cyberpunk yeah. i knew you were you yeah were cyberpunk but my problem is like um my big change was like from like then to now was like when things weren't digital, mm-hmm. like available. Yeah. When you went to the store and you craned your neck up to look at the tiny TV demo, <laughs> like hanging up over the case. Did you see my reach? You, like, is that where you're saying you were that? like, yeah, you were <laughs> it was like, an experience. You were scanning the rows of games, looking to see if they even had the one. Yeah. That you were looking for. Oh yeah. When you bought it, you guaranteed play it. Of course. Nowadays, because everything is so readily available, like people just shovelware crap into their like game library. Absolutely. It 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 would be one thing if you were paying more money and you were getting what you were paying for, but these days games aren't complete when they're released. Um, everything's put behind DLC to the point that you're seeing some studios cut games out uh, things out of the release and sectioning it into DLC, and that's just for a seventy dollar game, that's ridiculous. Oh yeah, I and you know I I will very much agree. I think there's a couple of there's a couple of one offs that I would say you, you know just looking at it from from a game player's perspective. Not you know we'll go into kind of on, on an industry kind of look in a minute, but just as a gamer, somebody who grew up playing games, buying games, um, and, you know it was kind of like one of the big you know pastimes for me and a good you know a big part of socialization going to friends houses playing n64 playing goldeneye playing mario kart um and that sort of stuff i I would say that there's a few games that have released and i i when i say modern times i want to say within the last five years um it's 2021 for those who may be listening in some alternate (laughs) don't make me think of time again (laughs) alternate time period um but in, in about the last five years so like say 2016 onward um games that have been like a value like a full value i would say god of war is probably one of those um i would even go so far as to say um that the spider-man game that, that came out after 2016 right i'm trying to get yeah my, oh, yeah. My oh yeah the one that was the playstation the playstation exclusive. the playstation exclusive the spider-man was was absolutely worth it um and like it's kind of it, it's in a weird spot. I would even 
<laughs> I, I like since I'm on PlayStation, I kind of want to go further and to be like, oh, the Final Fantasy remake was worth it because it w- absolutely was. But then there's also, like, but it's only at, like a third of the game. It's a third of the game, which I know how much work went into creating that game. So for those who are listening, who are like, what do you mean? You don't understand? I I do. I absolutely do. But that's sort of that's sort of I guess the interesting juxtaposition where because Final Fantasy we have like that remake that's like a reference point when Final Fantasy 7 came out it, it wasn't considered they, they weren't like oh you know we'll finish this later or we can release this game in its entirety and then start doing sequels they didn't start doing sequels really until um, Final Fantasy 10 and then 10 2 and then 11 was the MMO and then 12 and um, 12 had like a remaster I don't know if it added more content to it but 13 had an additional version um, but for Final Fantasy 7 I don't know if it was the game just being so large in scale in terms of the adventure, but getting, I, I remember the controversy of it, paying full retail 60 bucks at the time, it was a PS4 only game, um, to pay $60 for a third of a game, a third of a story, a third of an experience, felt really weird, but also because they kind of expanded on it a lot, it was sort of able to levy some of like the angst of like spending they got a pass. Much money for it. Exactly. Like it was it was like, okay, hey look, you know, this one's passed. But that that sort of begs the question too, and to go on what Brad was saying, like he was saying flat out, like games just aren't really worth the full retail nowadays. Right. It's sort of Although it, not a lot of games that release like without paid options. They don't. Like outside of like what you mentioned, like I mean Animal Crossing did, that was huge. Animal Crossing is a great one, yeah. Uh, Breath of the Wild. Mm-hmm, yeah. But, like, even Pokemon now has, like, paid DLC. Yeah, the Pokemon Sword and Shield is the first Pokemon mainline game that I have not purchased at launch. Um, big Pokemon fan. I was, what, like, 11 or 10 or 11 when, like, Pokemon was popular in in the United States, like, the first Pokemania. So, I mean, like, I'm, I'm the prime target for any sort of, like, throwbacks or any sort of... Uh, you know reference or you know nostalgia attached to pokemon and i straight up did not buy sword and shield um just because the original pokemon weren't in it and the pokemon i bought it i know i know i'm not and i'm not blaming anybody that did. this isn't this isn't a conversation of shame on you for substantiating you know it could be it could be but it's not we could turn it into that it's not i don't want to do that because it's that's the hard thing too is that and that's sort of the an interesting point is that like the games industry has grown so much in the past 10 years and even before that it was really it really the ramp kind of started to turn upwards in the mid 2000s um in the, the xbox 360 generation and all that whole thing um but it's really interesting that seemingly game companies nowadays make and release a game knowing full well that the game is not ready for launch knowing full well that it's not complete um knowing full well that it has a lot of bugs and stuff like that that's like every game ever now it, it I'll is. never forget. Um, I got Kingdom Come Deliverance, which was <laughs> um, an open world game set in like medieval Poland, I think, mm-hmm. and that had a seventy gig uh, patch on day one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It was a good game, though. <laughs> it was a hell of a lot of fun, um, but uh, it was initially unplayable for a while because you couldn't get out of the tutorial if you broke a lockpick. Oh wow. 
That's unfortunate. Um, Let me just say I bought the Mass Effect trilogy this week. Yeah. Because I've never played Mass Effect. Yeah. I don't like it. Really? Yeah, at least not Mass Effect 1. There's okay. no controller remap options on PC. Really? Even through Steam? I, th I think Steam will let you just kind of do a custom overlay for any game. Really? Yeah, that's what I did for... Um, I remapped a lot of games that way. Then I have to download mods to get an FOV slider. That is kind of weird. On a PC port. That is sort of weird. Yeah, I'll Yeah, I will that. say the, uh, the first... Um... The first of the legendary editions, Mass Effect One. It's a little bare bones, and it's still. I mean, they did a lot of cosmetic work, and they definitely overhauled the combat and gameplay and stuff like that. But it's definitely a game from a certain era. Yeah, I and I know for a lot of folks, Mass Effect Two is kind of the sweet spot when, when <laughs> back when Bioware could actually make games. When they were oh allowed yeah, to. yeah, when they were allowed to. Um, so it's it is sort of a weird thing. Um, like I, I don't know like Breath of the Wild felt like I, I guess I'll say Breath of the Wild was the last game that I bought, that I bought like day one where I was like this game is 100% worth every penny that I paid for it Um, it's it's sort of it's weird because it's becoming rare I remember back in the in, in back in the days um, years prior like you would get a game and generally like even if you didn't like the game it, it still felt complete like even if it was a game that you didn't really necessarily enjoyed, like the game took you a while to kind of come to that conclusion because the game had content to it, um, and that's sort of you know, going back to DLC that sort of faded away when the ability to patch a game after launch was was viable. Now here's something that's kind of interesting to me. Uh, Steam has been a thing for a long period of time, longer than I think DLC may have been a thing, um, if I'm if I'm remembering correctly. Steam was a place that you could, in theory, and obviously nowadays do to to you know a daily extent of patching games. Were mm -hmm. game were games patched when in that era when Steam was first up and coming? I don't know because I wasn't PC gaming or PC gaming online. I should say back then I was PC gaming, but I was playing Age of Empires off of a CD. Um, but I'm curious to kind of think that is it is it there is dlc and like day one patches and like you know the game's ever being changing is that a symptom of the market wanting something fresh and wanting properties to last longer and to change and to become better and better and better as they go or at least different um or is that a symptom of over monetization games becoming having more corporate control over them having you know maybe people that work for game organizations that truthfully do nothing other than look at data and analytics and going hmm you know this is a trend i think you can monetize the game here i think you can monetize the game there you can drive more revenue for the company you know i'm i'm i don't know that those jobs exist but i'm making an assumption based on just experience from looking at games as a whole picture and kind of just thinking about it and i i say that as somebody this that has spent money on microtransactions that has bought season passes that has done all the things that everybody kind of yells from the soapbox at other people to not do. Um, and even though I'm very conscious of that, sometimes it becomes like kind of difficult because if you like a game enough, you want more of it, you know? Mm -hmm. So what do you guys think about that? Do you think that, so that, let me, let me qualify the question because I kind of rambled a little bit. 
do you think the that games and microtransactions and you know over monetization um and day one patches and you know week one patches and you know cyberpunk we're gonna fix it at some point trademark you know soon do you think that's a symptom of the gamers and the market and what's available today or do you think that that's a symptom of just the business side of crunch of you know developers and studios publishers going this game has to come out this day what do you guys it's think? it's both it's both okay explain that like there are some studios that still will only release things when they're ready and i will only talk about them when they're ready that's true like blizzard is really good about that like we still don't even know what starfield is mm. for bethesda even though all their games release like broken <laughs> they're like funnily broken not like you got ripped off broken that, that's, you know what i mean that's true i yeah i was gonna say as somebody who owns skyrim on like every platform kind of happily to do it it's it, even yeah, though exactly. it needs a lot of mods it does it it even if you play vanilla skyrim i actually started playing a playthrough on game pass um just wow what's game pass game pass is a service from xbox that you can buy for between five dollars and 14.99 a month uh, where you can get over 100 games, install them right on your console. I swear that's not an ad. I'm just passionate <laughs> about Game Pass. But you know what? I'll say this: we don't we don't do ads or anything on the show. Um, we're kind of we're pretty free free talking here. Um, but if anybody from Microsoft is listening, specifically anybody from Game Pass, I'll let you know something. <laughs> Back in December, we had another podcast, and I was very animated and very passionate about Game Pass. So if there's something that you know you guys want to talk about hit me up game pass he loves game pass <laughs> I, I do i don't know it's a good service it's it's an ad but it's not an ad um would you get game pass tattooed on yourself no he already has no what if it was it involved like an actual corporate sponsorship uh i don't think i have a price i don't i don't think there's a price that you can pay me to tattoo myself the platinum the platinum trophy uh, I've seen a that. lifetime you, you subscription s- you saw that platinum card that platinum game yeah. pass card mm. that's some. Um, that's that's something I'd like to have in my wallet one day, one of these days. <laughs> Sir, do you have a dollar for your coffee? Fumbles wallet and drops <laughs> platinum Game Pass card on the counter. Accidentally, but sort of purposely drops Game Pass card. Oh, yeah. like oh, I'm sorry, yeah. I dropped my Game Pass platinum <laughs> card. Can't buy the coffee, but I have you heard of platinum <laughs> Game Pass? <laughs> like if he, I you can't I buy sh- coffee, but you can't get G Fuel. It's true. Um, Brad, you had a you had a, I think something that you wanted to say before before I pseudo <laughs> uh, plugged Game Pass. No, I was going to agree with Moose. Um, I definitely think that it's the corporatization of uh, the gaming industry. Like you look at the titles you mentioned of things that you bought day one and were excited about, mm. or things that release sub satisfactorily. And you mentioned two titles from Nintendo. You mentioned Legend of Zelda, and you mentioned Animal Crossing. I did, yeah. And I mean, Nintendo's notorious for their quality control. And I mean, yes, you did also uh, mention Pokemon Sword and Shield is one that you didn't buy day of, but uh, that wasn't Game Freak's A team. They sort of shunted that off to their B team while they're working on some super secret project. So Mm -hmm. God only knows what's happening to the future of Pokemon. What I will say, though, is you get a trade-off with it for Nintendo products. What would you... Oh, yes, you do. And that they're like tech sucks. <laughs> like, like their online stuff. infrastructure. Yeah, it's no you, their <laughs> graphics, everything. They're I living think, in last gen. I they, think they're, they're so focused on hardware innovation 
that they like completely like forget that like people just want things to look better or run better. Yeah, I don't I, know what you're talking about. Super Mario Sunshine was living in the uncanny valley. <laughs> photorealistic graphics. It kind of was. Super Mario Sunshine was a bizarre, a bizarre fruit from that tree. I'm sorry, just a part of my soul dies every time I see another like hardware gimmick console come out of Nintendo. Yeah. I just can't stop thinking about the scene where um... But it's successful. I'll give it to them. It's successful. <laughs> they are that's the hard part is that they are that's the hard part i can't i can't hate the game when it does so well look at their controller design like look what they got away with with n64 and gamecube i so love gamecube gamecube oh i love them but the design gamecube's controller i enjoy i enjoy gamecube yes n64 no and, and nintendo 64 i don't know how i played that as a child as a grown man my not like my knuckles cannot fit on the middle part of the controller it's it's too small the gap between them my knuckles like will like i feel like i if i squeeze the way that i want to hold the controller my my fist will put pressure on the left side and i feel like i'll break the controller i did see though i did see somebody noticing this problem they made a third party controller basically using the pcb from an n64 controller and they put mm-hmm. um a nice big GameCube shaped um, analog stick, um, yeah. and, and they made it shaped like a normal controller. And they have Z on both sides, so you can press it with either hand. Mm. Which I and it pl- it actually plugs into the N sixty four slot, and it's got a nice long cable. So if you wanted saw... to like, play that, you can do that. I want one of those. Oh, no. Did they abandon the claw? They did. Yeah, it's a regular like it feels like a regular controller. I saw I on Reddit today that. that someone built a small form factor PC. And a GameCube and swap the controller ports for USBs. I'm interested to see this. I'm down. Tremendous. It was beautiful. It sounds tremendous. Yeah, I'm down for that. The GameCube is one of those weird things. I, I actually really like. I really like the GameCube. I really like its little its little yeah, discs. Me too. I like the fact that like. Oh, I loved the little discs. There, I had like a little wallet that like clipped onto the bag that I had for my GameCube because I. I brought my GameCube everywhere. My local card store. We uh, didn't the GameCube have a network it. adapter. It did. I had it. Even I... like because Nintendo for some reason decided to embrace the internet then, but never really iterated yeah. on it yeah. until now. Yeah. And even now they can't get it right. It's really weird how, <laughs> it's really weird how there's two things that Nintendo has kind of gotten right once, and it's been in the GameCube era, analog sticks. Um, because not gonna mm-hmm. lie. No every, drifting. Every other analog stick that they've put on a controller has been kind of bad. I know that they like sort of were they the first that they have the N sixty four. The N sixty four controller came out before the Dual Shock, right? The, the yes. PlayStation had yes. just the normal dogbone controller, right? Okay. Um, so they they did that. The GameCube they got it so right. Um, I love the GameCube controller because like they made the A button bigger because it's the button that you press a lot, and they had you know for sure that you're pressing the Y button and the little bean-shaped buttons, the X and Y, and you knew for sure that you were pressing B. It was it just made sense. Triggers can take them or leave them, but the GameCube well, controller Didn't the GameCube so controller also introduce the pressure-sensitive trigger? Like, wasn't that the first one? I think so. So the triggers on the GameCube controller are... They're, they're not truly... I think they're like... They're some sort of weird hybrid because... When you bottom, when they bottom out, there's a micro switch that activates, like the bottoming out. But I don't know if the, if there's an actuation point because there is a spring in them. 
I don't think the actuation points have triggers. I think the controller reads like a one and a two off of it. Like it reads, okay, the trigger was pressed and then the trigger was bottomed out, like with the little micro switch at the bottom. Like you can kind of feel that. It's it's very weird. I don't mind it. As somebody who's very like twitchy when I play games, I like to just like kind of click like all the buttons on a controller, like just to fidget. Um, mm -hmm. I enjoyed them. I like appreciated them. And you know, it's a good controller. Now that you can actually remap um, everything I bought when the switch came out there was it was a third-party company but I think it was licensed they made a wireless GameCube controller um, I haven't yeah I have, that. I have a gold one and I was like I want to play Zelda with this but I couldn't remap the sword swing to the B button because um, Breath of the Wild is a little different with the way that it's controlled compared to um, other Zeldas but I was like I want my brain wants B button to be sword like I need it um, but now apparently you can remap everything so I'm gonna I've all comes down my hard mode playthrough to donkey conga i unironically to quote dodd um i like that game a lot i'm a, yeah I, mean, I, I love percussion in general but i have two uh controllers like fresh controllers in my closet my gaming closet. i am really Those sad that cool. like um even though technology's gotten better mm. uh the corporate like world around music and video games has gotten to the point where we'll like never ever have another rock band yeah or guitar hero because they just can't license music it's super annoying my like when i first um you know obviously i've been you know known of twitch for a while never streamed on twitch um until 2017 um but even back then i remember the talks of dmca and it wasn't really a big deal as it as it became i think 2019 was really when it kind of started to hit hard um with Amazon's acquisition of Twitch, I, I have always, always wondered that Amazon has a music service, right? Like Amazon either did or does have a music they service. They, they have a big one. So there is some sort of licensing agreement functioning within that music service. And there's an app like that, I'm sure, for all phones and devices that you can get to do that. Why would you not create an API that would plug in to Twitch that would allow the streamer to maybe sign up for the service and be like, hi, I am a streamer. I would like to stream on this service or maybe make it, make it something available to you. If you hit affiliate or partner or something like that on Twitch, because here's my logic and Twitch, to be honest with you, feel free to steal this idea from me. Um, there are some streamers that I really, really like, but their taste in music is fucking horrible. And I want to watch their streams and I want to hang out but I do not want to hear that music. So you don't want to just hear like the same MIDI like mix electronica all I, the time. I mean, sometimes, but sometimes not. So my thought is this, if there was a way that a player could be built in through Twitch's API that I can pull, like I can personally mute the track. I, that would be amazing. Or I could listen to a different track. I could have a music player playing through the device that I'm watching Twitch on and integrating it with music that maybe i choose as it stands now i'll sometimes you know if there's if a streamer does no music i might throw on you know music if i'm listening to them or something like that in another tab it's not a big deal but i feel like it's a mi missed opportunity to not integrate amazon's music through twitch when i saw the amazon acquisition of twitch years ago i forget exactly when it was it is the first bell that went off in my head i was like oh shit i was like they're gonna handle this whole dmca thing because they have Music. So here's an interesting thing. Um, recently, um, 
Warner Music Group announced that they acquired a minority stake in Overwolf, which is a uh, add-on development platform that makes add-ons for games like World of Warcraft, Minecraft, Minecraft. Mm. Yeah, particularly those are the big ones. So to me, that sort of indicates that that sort of thing is imminent because um, that's sort of what Warner uh, Music's big push has been from a business perspective is licensing to get into gaming. And I think investing in Overwolf is potentially a way to go about making that happen. That's interesting. I, I, Speaking just, of, um, I think we need something. Go ahead, Moose. Speaking of WoW. You just played it for the first time. <laughs> I um, did. I played WoW for the first think, time last like, night. Do you think, like, from your limited experience, mm-hmm. could you imagine spending the what? How much is it a month it's like on it? dollars a month. Fourteen ninety nine. Yeah. Could you imagine spending fourteen ninety nine a month? I'll say this. Um, I think before WoW had a secondary microtransaction like a cash shop. I think when. Because that that wasn't a thing initially with WoW, right? Everything was that fourteen ninety nine covered everything of WoW. Every piece of gear was acquirable in game, correct? Right, right. Um, plus expansions, of course, but plus expansions, you you pay the. I think I think what were WoW expansions were they forty at retail? No, they were full retail. I think they were sixty. It depended really on the expansion. Yeah, some of them were sixty, but there were some that were cheaper. Oh. I know a lot of folks. I, I have a lot of friends that have like. It's all about the, Pandaria, greatest expansion <laughs> ever made. Apparently that's when maybe quit. That, that's when PvP was the best though. <laughs> somebody said. That's when everyone um, quit. <laughs> I know Pandaria was not a well received expansion, but I I like the pandas. I like the pandas too. I I heard that the PvP though um was pretty good during that era. Is what I've been told. Don't get me wrong, Moose. I love the pandas, but I went from only having to push one button to actually having to figure out how to play, and I did not appreciate that. <laughs> I I still try to farm the dragon mounts every now and then. Um, I have two. I have, I have a blue lightning one and emerald lightning one. It sounds fun. I'll I'll say that I I don't know that I I don't know that I am ready to say that like oh yes a hundred percent it is easily worth fifteen dollars um, per month. What I do feel is that the game's story is presented pretty well and the charm is imminent like like just right when you start playing the game i think i used the wrong word i mean yeah it has it has the blizzard polish it does like i was interested in the characters i wasn't reading every bit of like the quests because a lot of them aren't voiced where i'm kind of i'm a little spoiled with destiny where like most like i can walk up or elder scrolls yeah or elder scrolls where everything's very voiced um but i didn't really mind that their chatter was still enough to feel like it fills in the game um, and I think in, in WoW's case, when it was launched and, and for many years after launch, that 15 bucks got you a chance to get everything. Like you were able to play to your heart's content and get everything that you wanted from the game. And the money genuinely did go to server maintenance, the cost of you know the employees and stuff that were there. I, I want to say that initially I could easily see why people spent $15 a month for years and years, like when WoW launched and stuff like that. I don't, I don't have any qualms about that. Um, I'm going to still play. Uh, I think what it's, it's like free until level 20. I think I'm level 12. But I got to level 12 in like a day. Um, yeah, well, you're going to hit 12 like or 20 I, like guaranteed next session. They make it so it. that the leveling goes quick. That's Yeah, and I, and I guess that's kind of what you want from like an MMO is you want that dopamine hit of like, I leveled up. I did it. 
and you know some people yeah. kind of kind of bank a play session like all right i'm just gonna hit this level and then i'm gonna kind of stop it and like, part of what they've been doing that's really interesting is instead of like the old stale leveling up routine um they basically throw people into past expansions and have them play out like previous things that happen in the game to level up which i think is a really cool way of exposing people to the story that they might have missed if they're a newcomer that's that is good i don't know what i was doing um i was instructed to i i initially because i for those who don't know i'm a big fan of mmos uh and that type of game but i've just never played wow i did not i had no way of convincing my mom to buy me a subscription when i was a kid uh, and our family computer was kind of always in shambles and it didn't really have a video card before video cards. So I did not really have a way of, of playing WoW, um, essentially. So it sort of just passed me by. Um, but uh, for the first time in May of 2021, I decided, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to play WoW and just genuinely see how I feel about the game and what my experiences are. Um, so I don't know what expansion I'm playing in, but I had fun. Um, I wanted to play classic WoW, but I was told not to, because um, I was kind of looking for that original experience. And what I might do is, if I do enjoy um, playing the the expansions and the bit that I did, and if I if I hit a wall or if I want to keep going, I know that if I subscribe, I get access to classic WoW. Right? That's it's a one. Yeah, classic WoW is brutal. I kind of just want to see. Like, I don't know that. Like, that's what everybody's been saying, but I I do at least. It's kind of a rare experience to be able to go in and be like, yeah, I played the original game that came out, and I played it in a modern time. So I, I sort of do kind of want to at least just jump in and like see how it feels. To just if um, for nothing other than to maybe even play it for a couple hours and just go, wow, this is crap, and everybody that played this is a machine. Um, and maybe I'll go back to from what I've heard, it's less that Blizzard did a bad job with it, and more that people just don't appreciate how far we've come and they're looking at something with rose-colored glasses i'm sure that's it but i i kind of i want to see it for what it is i think my perspective on it is really untainted like i've got there's a, i've got nothing like the only knowledge that i have about wow was literally hearing stories from friends um a lot of our our destiny crew uh, has a lot of previous experience in wow um, and we we raid pretty pretty effectively, if I do say so myself. Um, so occasionally, like in in discussions about raids and stuff like that, we'll kind of you'll, you'll hear some wow references to mechanics, styles, or approaches um, to the content and stuff like that. So that's really my only experience. I played World of Warcraft, or um, God no, I played Hearthstone. So I kind of am familiar with some of the characters. Um, did not know that the Horde wasn't just straight up bad guys. So I was actually pleasantly surprised because. Uh, Will uh, got me on the server that his uh, his WoW guild that he used to play a lot with is on. And actually, Moose, I did not know he plays on the same guild that uh, that my friend um, uh, plays on uh, that you know. Oh, really? Um, yeah, 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 yeah. That's funny. So, because I was talking to him today, and uh, he's like, "Oh, what server you on?" And I, I told him he's like, "Oh, that's my server." I'm like, "Oh, no shit." Um, Send me the name of the server. I'll make a character on there later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I'm going through basically completely just, you know, for those watching who didn't uh, catch the stream, um, I'm just going through like an idiot playing WoW for the first time, um, much to the humor and uh, the uh, fun of uh, some friends uh, in the guild, in the caffeines that have uh, been curious what my thoughts would be on WoW. It's been fun so far. Um, 
so yeah, I'm definitely going to continue it. I don't know if it yet how I feel about it. I think that if I had played it when I was younger, when it was kind of like in its in its heyday, I'm pretty sure that I would have played it hardcore and gotten really into it. Um, cuz I am imagining like the raid experience how it could be. I will say that my only real critique is that I don't like tab targeting. Like I just do not like the combat. Oh system. my god. Um, and rooted combat really bugs me. Yeah, like there's some things that I really appreciated about Elder Scrolls Online. There are some things I, I will say this, and I meant to tell Will this. So Will, if you're listening, you'll this might this might warm your heart. If WoW played like Guild Wars Two controlled, I think I would have a problem, and I think it's probably the only thing that I would play. I do really like the way that Guild Wars controls, and I think if WoW had that looser combat system it would be because it still has there's still i believe there are still global cooldowns in uh in guild wars um but if wow had that system and if it felt that good and that tight to control your character i would i would i'd be a mess my life would be in shambles because like <laughs> i think i think that's the perfect for for an mmo with like the the depth and breadth as as like a game like wow has i think guild wars Guild Wars 2's um, control scheme is perfectly suited for that type of game. Guild Wars lacked the charm and the environment ambience that I was looking for, but that WoW has. And I think if you combine those games together, uh, I'd be in a I'd 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 be in a rough position. To be fair to Guild Wars, though, WoW had three Warcrafts to build on. It oh for sure yeah, absolutely. Um, it's not that it's mostly just like the sparse placement of. NPCs, the the map design. Like I feel like right. Guild Wars maps were large to feel like they were at scale, and I feel like WoW's maps probably aren't as large and as openly spaced. But the spacing and the design looks purposeful. There are crossroads, there are mysteries to wonder about. That I'm kind of like, oh, I wonder what's over here. I wonder what's over there. Um, it sort of has that charm that I would say that I that I look for. I will say, um, going back to something you mentioned earlier, the the WoW uh, cosmetics store, the one thing that sets it apart from a lot of other games is that um, while you, you can't get what you get in the store outside of the store, mm-hmm. uh, you also can't get anything that you can get outside of the store in the store. So it only sells things that are um, behind a paywall. And it's not pay to win or anything like that it's just mounts and stuff yeah that's that's understandable they, they sell boosts and stuff don't they you can buy yeah. yeah you can buy boosts that like skip the leveling process completely and stuff like that yeah My, server transfers server transfers i guess are one thing because you're actually race changes having things so i honestly i don't hate any of that stuff like those things are fine boosts are a thing that i want to discuss a little bit um just because a game that i have been really 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 excited for just kind of had a bombshell dropped on it that it will have a uh, uh a boost and things sold in its marketplace and that's new world um new world is amazon's AAA mmo uh it's like an action mmo plays sort of sort of like a dark souls in a way and there's no classes there's no trinity but there are kind of roles that can be filled um that game is a game that I was super duper excited for. Um, and there was a, one of the content creators, I guess, leaked that the, um, the paid shop has microtransactions, um, not mm-hmm. just for cosmetics, but for um, fast traveling, fast traveling, XP boosts, 
uh, skill level ups um, and things like that. And like I was uh, I was watching uh, a Warcraft creator, Asmongold, for those aren't familiar. He had some really interesting takes on it. And he was saying uh, in an MMO, if you're leveling up and you're logging in and you hit level 15 and the guy next to you hits level 15, you just saw the thing, the little sparks come out of him and he hit level 15. Would you feel good if that guy spent 10 bucks to hit level 15 and you spent 10 hours to hit level 15? And the answer is no. Like, and maybe there's going to be some people that are an outlier that go, I don't care about that. Like, that's fine with me. That with an MMO, with a, with a game that is about a long-term game about you leveling up, you starting with, you know, your cloth armor and your level one sword and leveling up to look like a badass, to have a better combat loop to be able to take down enemies more efficiently to go in and do more and more challenging things and take on the game's challenges if someone's i understand the aspect of wow being too hardcore for some folks that they can't get into it or they feel like if they play wow they can't play other games or different things like that um it, it still doesn't make it okay in my eyes at least and i know for a lot of other folks to just offer a way to pay through it because here's what that does like let's just say that you're even okay with somebody else leveling up paying 10 bucks and you spent 10 hours hitting the same level regardless of that what that does is you'll never know if especially with a game like new world where they're it's not even like it's six months in and they're bringing in a microtransaction shop with boosts they're going hey from day one you just jump some levels if you want now we have to look at it and go is the game going to be extra grindy in order to incentivize players to just get out the wall and go, you know what? I got work on Monday. I kind of want to hit this level and do this dungeon with the boys tonight. Let me just jump the levels and let's do that. Is it okay to have that? And my argument is always going to be no. I think specifically in an MMO game where leveling and loot is kind of everything, that work is your representation of your time spent in the game. You know a game like pioneered this right which game final fantasy 14 mm-hmm. final fantasy 14 i've heard a lot of things about final fantasy they are like shop. not only is it a sub fee but like um a couple of their expansions were like really 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 long and grindy and since all their stories are like interconnected mm-hmm. like say you want to play the newest one you have to complete like heavensward and like all the other old ones yeah and so they offer entire story package bypass DLC. I know. Like microtransactions. I've seen that, yeah. I have seen that. That is so, shitty. Straight up. So uh, here's the thing. I, I do agree with you uh, because the first time I ever saw something like that was in Assassin's Creed Odyssey where the game was virtually unplayable unless you bought the xp and money boost in the store because you were always under leveled and broke um and i do agree that seeing something like that in new world right off the bat is rough and discouraging but i think you have to look at wow separate from everything else because it's been going for so long that 1 to 60 is probably less than 15 percent of the content available which is why they offer that character boost to 60. So that way you can get into raiding and high-end dungeons right off the bat. 
That, yeah, I have no, I have no issues with that. Like, I, I for WoW's case, yeah, like they, I know they've done like level squish and they've done like lots of different stuff. WoW is coming up on being out for twenty years, um. So, and in that time, that is, I understand that. I understand things like that happening. I don't really have an issue with that. I have an issue with New World introducing it at launch and offering uh, a quality of life uh, microtransaction. Like, what does that even imply? Right, because it's literally a new world. You're there to explore. You shouldn't be trying to speed it up this quick. Right. How about just fix the game when it becomes something like that? You know, if if down the road players go, hey, we could really use more storage, and you give them more storage, and they can go, hey, we could really use more storage even again. If you want to offer bags at that point, all right. I'll uh, I'll bring up the reference to Elder Scrolls Online for this. Um, ESO is a one-time buy for the expansions, and they go on sale quite a bit. Um, ESO Plus is 15 a month, but what they do is they give you $15 worth of the currency that you would buy from like the their eShop store. So you're getting $15 of in-game credit that you can use on whatever the hell you want. And in addition, you're getting an unlimited bag for your crafting materials. Um, and then you're also getting free stuff for login bonuses and like free stuff just for having the pass in general. Like there's always just free stuff being given out. Um, and that feels like, I mean, their, their cash off is kind of ridiculous with like the crates and stuff like that. Like I hate loot boxes more than I hate microtransactions. I think loot boxes are like the lowest, the lowest, lowest thing that I could possibly even see in a game. And I'm glad destiny has gotten rid of them, um, at the very least. But, um, in that game, when you're, you're paying for that, like that's, that's there and that's fine. But like the whole game is still, you still have to go out and play the game for new world to introduce this before the game is in alpha right now <laughs> like we haven't even hit the beta the game is in alpha and it's already coming out with microtransactions all these things i don't understand for like let's let's assume the logic of you know these companies are massive and they're hiring analysts to look at it and they're trying to figure out how they can most effectively monetize the game um which you know let's just let's hold our kind of ire for that and just consider it just a fact of what it is why are there not also analysts that are keeping the game the look of the game intact going hey we're going to offer cash out we're going to offer these boosts but we're going to introduce this down the line when it's not going to feel egregious to the player on day one like why are they even allowing to put that to be put in the game straight off the rip like they lost a lot of pre-orders from this like a lot of people and honestly, unless they kind of turn around on that, I don't know that I'll I'll keep my pre-order because I I pre-ordered it last year when we got when we had the um the preview event, um and I am honestly that game is kind of biggest fan. I've if you guys know I've been the one talking to the caffeines like getting people interested in it. I've been in the alpha since February, um and enjoying the game. And like I don't know if I'm keeping my pre-order on that because of just the ethics of that. And it's. It's one of those things that a lot of people might make the argument of like, oh, just don't buy anything. Well, here's 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 why that's bullshit. The just don't buy anything thing, that only affects you and this game right now. When they have people that are going to go, I'm still going to buy it. I'm still going to do this. I'm going to do that whole thing. That tells game companies that it's okay to keep doing that. And this this whole episode of the podcast, we've been talking about like demonetization of how much value of a game has changed over the years it's gonna get worse the future is not just gonna like magically be better and games are gonna have a better value it's gonna be more of the same business antics 
and it's going to be generations of people growing up not having seen how it could be or what a full game for $60 or $50 feels like they're just going to know hey this is gambling and this is how we pay for it like that's that's the issue and that's why the just don't buy anything is a, is a bullshit argument that that only works for that and that's that's kind of where I'm getting at is and that's the reason why I won't be pre-ordering um new world honestly I'm thankful that um EA tried the shenanigans that they did when they did with battlefront and what is it uh shadow of mordor mm. with all of the uh microtransactions because there was public outrage for that and now we're all watching for it uh that doesn't mean uh it's gonna not get any worse by any means i just think it means that we're a lot more aware of it i agree i absolutely agree that's a good point um but yeah it's kind of it sort of is fortunate when these blunders happen and people get upset about it. Um, you know, I'm not, you know, running around going everything is the devil and, you know, and, and these companies are inherently evil. I'm never buying a game from them. The artists, the, the developers, the people coding the game, the project managers, all those people, they're they're working hard to make the best game that they can. So my my anger doesn't go towards them in any capacity, and and nor should it. So if anybody's watching and the, you guys get mad and you go on Twitter and you at reply, you know, community managers, do not do that. They're not the ones. They want you to have the best game. They want to have positive interactions with the community. They want the community to enjoy the game. It's not. No, what you need to do is find out their bosses' bosses' twitters and heckle them because they're the ones who are causing the problems because they don't understand what video games are about. It's true, and I don't even think heckling will do that. I mean, they probably don't even have social media, nor do they probably care, because um, at the top top like that, uh, you don't have a ton of studios that are gamers, um, which is one of the reasons why I'm kind of excited for Ashes of Creation, because um, Steven is a gamer. He is a lifelong like MMO gamer, and his he literally did the meme of uh, um, Futurama of... I'm going to make my own MMO with blackjack and hookers. That's basically what he did. Um, he's literally going, the MMO community has been treated poorly for a long period of time. There have been hardly any, any innovations in the genre, in engine, in style of play. And he was like, I'm going to fu half fund it and like half crowdfund it and see if people want to play this game. And I'm going to make the best darn MMO that I can. So Ashes of Creation is kind of our, you know, New World was our first line of going, hey, this game might revive the MMO genre and bring it into light. You know, it, it'll have been Amazon's first AAA release. It'll be an action MMO, a uh, cool concept and stuff. None like of their that. games have done well. They haven't. They haven't so far. And, but this one was the first AAA one. This is the first one that was like, really like, this is a game and things like that. So it's really interesting because I think we were talking about this before. Um specifically relating to new world about the troubles that amazon has developing games and it's because they just try and apply their formula that they'd be used for every other part of their business to developing video games and video games just don't work that way because sometimes they just don't work when you want them to yeah that's very true um it, it's it's one of those things where like i don't i, I was hopeful like i knew seeing Amazon attached to it, I go, hmm, all right, you know, I, like I want it to work. N nobody, I don't think anybody really has a distaste for, you know, 
corporate, you know, being involved in the game. It's just the fact that we've seen it fail so much. Like, I don't necessarily think most people are unhappy or groan when they hear of a large company's involvement in something or somebody buying another studio. It's generally just because we've seen the history of, eh, this, this usually doesn't go too well. Like, it usually doesn't have a happy ending. Let the record show that Microsoft has not ruined Minecraft. They haven't, actually. It's still going, and it's still free. Yeah. All the expansions. You got a point there. This The new generation of Microsoft is actually kind of, seems pretty cool. Gotta get Game um, Pass. Gotta get Game Pass. I think you're giving them too much credit. I don't think they can understand the code. I think it's all Greek to them. <laughs> They're like, what is Java? Exactly. Uh, monetized bedrock. <laughs> they did monetize bedrock. There you go. It's exactly what happened. I Although, I like, I don't... I guess from Minecraft situation, as long as... As long as they keep, like, the Java version running, which I was thinking about this earlier, Moose. Tell they me, are. What, but, like... We are still Minecraft came out what the alphas were in like two thousand eight, two thousand nine. Yep. Um you know that at a certain point we're gonna get to Minecraft two point Because we're in Minecraft one we're waiting for Minecraft one point one. It's not happening right? anytime soon. But 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 when there will be a Minecraft two point like I'll cry. version two. And then I'll buy it. <laughs> okay, I was gonna say like are you still gonna buy so, it? Like they're probably gonna merge. They are doing something really cool right now. Um, Microsoft is like the the one thing they have done is they've like come in and like they let Mojang like do their thing. They're like, you guys take control of the game. We're gonna like make sure like account security and stuff actually matters, and like kids safety and stuff like that. So like now they've like added in like you can block people in multiplayer servers from like oh, being able to talk to you from like harassment. That's like good. all that kind of stuff is built into the game and they're bringing the Mojang logins and Microsoft logins into a unified purchase. And so if you have a Microsoft login and you own like Java edition of Minecraft, mm -hmm. you also have access to the Minecraft Diablo game and Bedrock just as part of your account. That's good. I I feel like they did that at some point. Like I feel like I logged into that. That's a really good thing, like, because Minecraft definitely has younger audience, and yeah, uh, no shit, they should be able to block people from talking and, and stuff like that, and have privacy settings. That's a that's a no brainer. Yeah, because before, like, you would have to rely on like a server moderator, right, to like be around to like handle people. Yeah. And now, you know, one point sixteen point five, you just bring up the chat overlay, click on someone, and just mute them. That's awesome. That's really good too. Cause it's like they don't exist. There's a lot of speaking know, of handling things. people in Minecraft. Have your villagers staged an uprising yet? Whoa, whoa, whoa! We will discuss that later in the week. Isaiah Culpepper uh, had an accident. I think is the thing. Uh, let me just tell you, I actually have an idea of a series that I'm going to be filming for our YouTube channel. Oh, I like that. Do you want to? Do you want to talk about that, or do you want to? Just... Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the new like create mod that you've seen me play around with mm -hmm. before that's like all about like harnessing like rotational speed and stuff mm -hmm. i found a mod where if a villager doesn't have a job if you hand them a sword they'll become a guard villager and you can get them to like follow you and like patrol around that's i'm gonna cool. build a giant weapons factory 
Oh, I'm going to arm a giant oh. army of villagers, and we're going to go on a pillaging spree Wait. to cleanse all the monsters from Wait. the world. Wait, but what if... What, but can you hand them farming equipment and just be peaceful? No. You sure? I you mean, I can... You should give them a hammer and sickle. They, they can, they can uh. be farmers by default. Uh, this is for unjobbed villager individuals. Okay. You can hand them a sword and they become a guard by default. I am going to observe that very closely to see. I will hand them the finest Burgerton grade steel. Nope. Already nope. And we're going to march to the end and they're going to throw hundreds of their bodies at the dragon. Just keep an ear out for if Moose starts mentioning things like breathing room. <sighs> They have plenty of I'm breathing room right upset. now. I'm there's iron bars that have holes in them, and there's a good one-by-one one spot they're where they're standing a, right now. Uh, for those, they generated there. They were in prison. For those unfamiliar, Moose has a tendency to create... Um, she, she runs the Minecraft servers for the Caffeines. So whenever we've played Minecraft together, um, I will get usually an anonymous tip from somebody on the server going, hey... You should probably go see what Moose is up to. It seems a little bit ridiculous. Um, and usually I find Moose basically forcing villagers into farming and not giving them a bed or a house or anything um, and finds ways to just, like, have them farm 24-7. Um, and there's, like, giant pits in the ground uh, with, like, mob farms. And then there's, oh, then the, there's the, the cows. You had 100 cows in a one-by-one -one block. That was a whole yeah. thing. Every so Brad, did I ever show you that? No. So the way Minecraft, the like it's a game mechanic. Basically, you can have thirty-two entities in one tile. And the way cows and like other animals work is like, say you had thirty-two cows in a one-by-one -one space, and then you breed them, and baby cows are born. It prioritizes the baby cows, and so the adults just keel over and die and drop all their items. It's horrible. Circle of life. No, the square, the one by one square of life actually is probably so, a better circle way. Circle in Minecraft. Uh, so I put them on a on a one by one, like little square, uh, where they're jumping up and down on water, so I can like feed them as they pop up. It was great. It was so efficient. I'm basically the OSHA of the Caffeine's Minecraft server. Essentially, Moose, did I ever share and with I you the Great Potato War? I would need to see it. Yeah, I need to share with you the great Minecraft potato war. Oh, God. I'm concerned Look, about this. You did point out that my one villager just harvested crops all day without a bed. So I built them a tiny house. I just... And I, yeah, I, everything was good. I'd like to see their, him have a house before they start working. Is is really where I'm going from. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're working on that. That's uh -huh. part of the two-step process. The two-step process. <laughs> two process. Great. That sounds pretty quick and efficient step one army of guards slay the dragon right step two improve living conditions okay cool go on go on the uh the raid first what's on the point of improving the living well yeah yeah why build homes for people to everything. Everything. yeah the dragon's gonna kill them i don't think so, the dragon will i don't think the dragon will i've never played dragons do you'll have to watch to see uh, i guess so i guess how so. else how else do you think they i'm also their i'm running the ice and fire mod so there's like multiple dragons living out in the oh, that's, wild that's cool is that one have the the, the um what you call it? the creepers that are like all different types and stuff no no this is a new one okay it's like themed like game of thrones style where like in the far reaches of the world 
Gosh, like you could yeah. actually like mine into a mountain and discover like a dragon living in a cave on a hoard of treasure. Okay. That'll kill you. I dig it. I'm excited to watch. I'm excited to watch. You can also steal the dragon's eggs and have baby dragons flying around on them. That's can you cool. make an omelet? No. Probably. No. Anything's possible with Minecraft. No. No omelets. Flying mounts are you fine. Right now, I'm just trying to. Armor? I don't. I'm trying to remove all the poison ivy from the place where I'm building right now. Oh, you have to garden. Yeah, gardening <laughs> without villagers, it's so hard. Uh huh. It's just manual. It's kind of like Animal Crossing. You it's like playing a game. It's just like in case. playing a game instead of like an RTS where you're <laughs> assigning villagers roles, and jobs. That comes soon. That comes soon. Uh-huh. When the colony is built and Isaiah Culpepper comes in. Do you think Minecraft would be a good RTS? 100%. Yeah. Like, they could easily make an RTS themed after Minecraft. I think they kind of could, right? You would have like villagers versus illagers. Yeah. And you could even, they can kind of use some of the Minecraft dungeons concepts and just have like yeah. civilizations and like you load in. Same way you like PvP in Minecraft. You know, you build, yeah, yeah. you build structures and then, you know, do stuff. They could honestly make it sort of interesting with like the modular like building style i'm of the opinion that minecraft is the number one best game ever made really just because of like the sheer amount of creativity and like um mod building like like you can play hunger games like there was a destiny like pvp mode minecraft server like everything exists in minecraft i don't know the early days of cyberpunk before they fixed anything were pretty great (laughs) yeah if you liked watching cars just spasm around on the street I will never forget, I was walking down the street in Cyberpunk, and there was a little lady just standing there in like a black circle that was slowly getting bigger. I walked closer, tried to see what the black circle was, and all of a sudden I hear a high-pitched screaming, and I look up, and a car comes flying through the air and just (laughs) clean hits the old lady and explodes. No explanation. (laughs) That's what would happen in the Cyberpunk world, though. Cyberpunk sounded the memes of Cyberpunk when that when that first dropped was, was I'll stand for Cyberpunk. It was fun. Yeah, you it mentioned was, hilariously it was not, broken. It was not what everyone wanted. Mm. But it was actually a fun game. Okay. I don't regret the time that I spent playing it. Unlike some other games. Of, how much time of that time was spent T posing naked on top of a motorcycle unintentionally? Not much actually. I really Shocking. didn't have that many bugs when I was playing interesting i've still not played cyberpunk i saw that one on sale for the first time this week yeah it's um, still better than mass effect one okay i had i'm one just where... i'm really just not enjoying mass effect one <laughs> it's a bit it rough like it. it sounds like it i am um... i'm only in the very first encounter oh man wait the first little training like the intro area yes really yes. i've seen you play it like a couple different times now Mass Effect? Yeah. Yeah, because the FOV makes me want to, like, it makes me sick. Mm. I'm going to have to mod the game to make it playable. Got it. Do you think that, um, I have this topic too, kind of going, we, we tangent a little bit. Um, going back to our topic a little bit to, uh, oh. to, to give some thoughts. <laughs> um, do you think, what do you guys think about, um, I had an idea and I tweeted this the other day and, and I got some good response from it. Um, what do you think about games that support artists and allow artists to sell cosmetics through the game? 
I think it's nice, but it shouldn't be a priority. Do you think, so what do you mean by priority? Like building the tools to be able to make that feasible? Yeah, that seems like something you would do after literally everything else is done. Right. Yeah. But how would you feel, would you feel better about pieing microtransactions if you know a good cut was going to an artist that may have been up and coming that, you know, earned their way to sell in the, in the official in-game store and had the ability to sell like maybe i'd feel better i'd feel better like charity yes i'd feel better if like that person's art was good enough that they like hired them and like were given a stable income and a good gig that would make me feel better in this economy yeah (laughs) i my thought was i know dota does that and i think uh, there's a couple of other games somebody said that warframe does that yeah warframe did it for a while um Dota's doing well enough. They just dropped an anime. Oh, they did. Yeah. Um, yeah. I just thought that that was kind of a cool enough thing because, one, I feel like it only benefits the developer. Like, if there's really, you know, there's some development time to make that, you know, the the cost of that in there. Maybe you have some people that work for the studio that have to maybe give, uh, you know, approval to an artist to be able to sell, or you know, if they're allowing anybody to sell, would have to go through and approve the content going up on there but i feel like the studio would make money so that would be generating revenue players would get the weird like um copyright law and like ip law like these artists are basically they're signing over their work to the company and then just getting a cut of the proceeds but i feel like if you're like let's say you're an artist up and coming and you're in school and stuff like that that'd be kind of sick to be able to have that in your portfolio yeah that's just my thought. I, I just mean, think like, uh, I think it's not more common because a lot of companies aren't going to want to take the risk on of having to jump through all the legal hoops of it. I mean, I feel it's like, like it's not as simple as being like, "I'll give you," you know, blah 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 blah. Right. They would have to parse it, but there's, that's still no different than the job of the people that approve emotes on Twitch. Like it's, it's somebody going through looking at the images, going, "This is okay. This is not okay." Yeah, but Twitch doesn't own the emotes. It's true. It's true, and you're not buying it, but you are. You're using the emote as an incentive point for your sub, your subscription on your channel. Yeah. So, it's just something that I thought of where it it kind of sort of puts money back in the pocket of people, and it could kind of be a good entry point to working in the games industry or you know digital arts industry yeah. and different things. Because like I mean, the only reason I talk about it like that is because um. There are some companies who explicitly state that like they don't like that. Like um Wizards does not mm. do that. Mm. Like if you like you're like, hey, this is my cool planning of X card. Mm-hmm. Like, do you think like this is like quality? They're like, submit an actual portfolio to us and we'll think about hiring you like on as an artist. We're not gonna just like because art is a really murky IP area. Okay. It's Especially now online. Yeah, it it, it is challenging. It is NFTs. Challenging. Non-consensual yeah. NFTs. <laughs> that just sound that sounds like a like a That sounds like thing. a gamer tag. Yeah. But... Well it's it's a real and also slightly hilarious problem of uh people making NFTs of other people's artwork without asking. Yeah. That's why I think NFTs are kind of screwy. And, uh, they're a like, scam? Yeah. It's like somebody made a tweet about it that was the most hilarious thing I had ever read. 
they were like, oh, I buy this NFT. Does that mean I own the Mona Lisa? They're like, oh, no, 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 no. You're crazy. Like, you own your, like, if you go to the back of the closet and then go into the broom closet and then look there and, like, you know, move some of the some of the paint cans, you can see that your name's there. So anybody that goes to look there says that you own it, but you don't own anything to do with yeah. it. It's like, you have, no, you have a you have a certificate that says you own it, but you don't. Own you have it. a certificate that says you have a certificate that owns it. Right. It's yeah. the equivalent of a timeshare. Yeah, and it, yeah, it doesn't timeshare. It uses a lot of energy to create them, like for the like, speaking. Ooh, speaking of which, um, did you see GameStop's like reemergence into online sales started today? Really? They launched their PC components section. Interesting. They had fully stocked RTX 3000 series, everything. Really? And like motherboards and graphics cards, like they're selling actual PCs now. Everything sold out. Like, damn. Already. I, like, maybe, what if GameStop never actually goes under? What if they're just. What is that? They're, they're pivoting, like, they've kind of like said, we want to be the Amazon of gaming. That's smart. That's honestly kind of smart. I wonder if I can get a copy of I'm... Talos Principle. I mean, Amazon's already the Amazon of gaming. Yeah, that, that's bit. what my reaction was. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, also at the same time, like, if I was, if I knew that I was going to be able to get something from GameStop and it was, like, legit, like, yeah. a lot of stuff that comes from Amazon, a lot of it's fake. I think, like, I think they want to be, like, a kind of like a more well established micro center, I guess. Like, there's a ton of okay. GameStops everywhere. Yeah, I was going to say, they're. You know? Their brand recognition and their their no, I was gonna say install base. <laughs> it's a gaming term. Just but, like if they can yeah. actually like get the stock to keep stocking computer parts, mm-hmm. and you know you can walk into your local GameStop and just like pick up a graphics card. Oh, that'd be insane! And like look at some used games and stuff. That like, would be insane. They'll make money. Yeah. But like, here's the thing: what makes Micro Center is the fact that they price match and they're frequently. Yeah, they in, know uh, computers. They, yeah. yeah, they know computers, <laughs> and they're in uh, opportunity areas, so you pay less tax. GameStop is none of those things. They're yeah. hiring people, for the most part, who aren't trained to deal with computers on a professional level. They're not going to price match. Probably not. But if they can get a steady stream of parts and different things like that, and that's kind of one of the whole the whole things with uh, you know PC gaming and stuff. Like, it, and it's like a lot of people go oh like you know everybody gets everything amazon you know just delivered and it's like a couple of years ago everybody was just making the claim of like oh why are you ordering that you just go to a store and get it and then it was before that it was like oh you have to have it immediately you have to go to the store like everybody was like had a thing like that but with it with a you know a gaming pc what if it's like raid night for any raid and like a part just completely blows on you like do you like try to get it next day from amazon or like if you had a GameStop that you can just run to just go and pick it up That'd be so much better. Like that would be so much better to be able to go mm-hmm. and have stores that like could you know or you know maybe if your local store didn't have it they could be like hey you know go to go a town over and like they've got you know one or right. something like that. I that agree. Would, I just like, don't think I trust them to pull it off. I don't think I trust them to be the ones to do it. Oh, I hundred percent don't trust them to pull it off. <laughs> but I I'm happy that they're attempting it. Yeah, like, I, I like to see them try. Yeah. As much as like I think their stock is a meme. I don't like I would like a company that I'm fond of from my childhood to like stay in business even if they're a massive corporation. Yeah, you kind of want to see them stick the landing if they can do it. And I I say that as a former GameStop employee too. No, oh, really? <laughs> yeah, I worked at GameStop. 
As a kid, um, I was like, I want to work at GameStop. Yeah. And all their employees would just shake their head and be like, you don't want to work at GameStop. Pretty much. Yeah, pretty much. All right. I think I think we, we did hit, well. We hit a lot of topics today. We did. We talked about a lot you of know, stuff. Yeah, Brad and I hit the main points every week. I think you guys did a great job. I think you guys did a great yeah, job. I mean, it was really good on the back of what we talked about last week. Yeah. Right, Brad? Oh, yeah, I agree. Yeah. I think I so. Actually, uh, I actually did listen. Believe it or not. Did you? Yeah. Wow. That's uh What do you mean listen? You were in it. You're in it, yeah. How does that work? Well yeah, but I have to be careful about what I say because most weeks all my content is behind a paywall. That's true. Oh, okay. Got it. Got it, got it. You got yeah, you gotta leave something for the uh Caffeine's Plus. For the yeah, Caffeine's Plus subscription. Caffeine's Prime. (laughs) Caffeine's We should do that. That'll be great. But it'll be free. We'll just like turn everything on its head. Yeah, yeah. But all right. Yeah. So for those still listening, thank you guys endlessly. Um, this has been our fourth podcast back. Uh, next week, we're going to be recording our first D&D session, uh, the D&D Destiny. Um, so you're going to see, uh, we're not 100% sure how we're going to be distributing that podcast. <laughs> you may see that pop up in the, in the notification feed with this podcast. It may be on the same channel just distributed and like just labeled as like a different session um so keep an eye for that um keep an eye for the streams um moose is streaming on saturday nights now um i am streaming normally on wednesday nights today we're recording the podcast on wednesday um you can catch lucas on mondays peter every other sunday um and keep an eye out because we're gonna have some more um interesting stuff released uh over the summer um, you can also check us out for clips every day. I just put up a new clip. Me and Blueberry and an actual Blueberry uh, had a pretty sick 2v1 um, in Apex Arenas, which was a lot of fun. So clips every day. You can follow us on uh, Twitter, Instagram, Twitch, YouTube, uh, Facebook, TikTok, pretty much everywhere. Like we have the clips that kind of go everywhere. Stumble um, upon. Stumble upon. That's we should. We also out. send out a we newsletter via semaphore. Upon. Mm-hmm. Yep. You can uh, join join our Patreon for a, a golden disc version of the podcast. <laughs> yeah, they're they're buried in your backyard. You just gotta dig them up. Mm, yeah, yeah. yeah. Translate we, we, them. We put them there fresh whenever you're not home. <laughs> yep. <laughs> just a whole bunch of golden discs. Uh, Isn't the first time. It is not. It is not. All right, guys. Thanks again for watching. I have been Perk, joined by Moose and Brad. We thank you guys again for watching. Uh, I'm going to go play some Nightfalls and try to get a hung jury, even though it's not good. May your uh, weed grow as fast as the tick rate will allow it. Bless. And the the <laughs> and the and chunk will load it. Yeah, may your chunks load. May your chunks and be just, uh, And never forget, cereal is a soup. Okay. I good have point. the power to edit that out, and I'm going to.